Balance is a myth. And for years, I fought for balance and ended up wasting time and energy on false notions of perfection. After anxiety attacks, bouts with depression and health issues, I had to learn to flow with the inevitable imbalance. I learned that being perfectly imperfect was okay. Disrupting balance is for real women who are exhausted with fighting for balance. It is for you, your life, your experience, your truth, and all of the chaos in between. I am Hanifa Barnes, and I am disrupting balance by finding harmony in the imbalance of work, well-being, and the in-between. Find me, follow, and subscribe at Disrupting Balance on all platforms. Hey, Disrupting Balance listeners, welcome to this special podcast episode where we do a quick look back on a former guest. That is right, Anna Gonzalez. She was in season three, episode 25 of the podcast, and she is back today to tell us how things are going. You ever heard of blind faith? Yeah, well, Anna Gonzalez is definitely walking the walk when it comes to blind faith through covid and wildfires in California, she was able to figure out exactly what she wanted for herself and make it happen. As Anna says, her spirit was already in Texas, even though she was living in California. And because of that, she was able to create the path to get back to Texas, to work remotely, and to be close to her family. It's all about spiritual medicine, and Anna is learning it and doing it on her terms. Don't miss this wonderful episode on how there is good despite all the stuff going on right now. Please note that this episode mentions a YouTube version of the podcast. However, due to technical issues, there is only an audio podcast, but I'm sure you'll enjoy it just the same. All right. So hello, Anna. Welcome back to the Disrupting Balance podcast. For this special end of your check-in, we are on YouTube and on the regular potty, uh, audio network. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that in, whatever. Um, but I'm excited to have you. I mean, we caught up in October 2020. I mean, we were just about eight months into COVID. It oh was season gosh. three. The podcast was still pretty new. What have you been up to since then? Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me back on. This is so much fun and congrats on expanding to a whole new channel video. Love that. And of course, love that it's on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, the last time we spoke, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I have this sense memory of being surrounded by cardboard boxes and we were getting ready to move out of California to Texas. And uh, I was catching up with a, a friend, actually from school, um, Javari, and and I was relaying the story to him. And I realized, like, yeah, no, it was all pretty much on blind faith. Like when we left California, there was faith that we would find a place to live, and we ended up buying. And uh, with the idea that you know at least we get a year if we had to move back, we get about a year of investing in a property, something very affordable. You know, so we have a two bedroom condo. Um, that we could rent out later, right? So we took that opportunity, just figured it would all work out, uh, figured that I did not have permission to to leave or to move, right, from work. They still expected me to come back into the office. 
And I, I don't remember what at what point it was probably July of the next year. So and then it got moved to September. So again, I just had faith that I would be able to enjoy time with family for about a year. Um, and then the other crazy part was, you know, we were we, we did. We've landed in Texas safely. And I had faith that we would make it out of California safely because, you know, at the time there were fires and, of course, COVID. And so the whole journey was just like, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. <laughs> it's going to work out. I forgot. I totally forgot about the fires because I think we spoke maybe right at the end, the right. tail end of something mm -hmm. happening. I completely forgot about that. At any point during that whole like blind faith ride before you get to Texas, like, did you say to yourself, what was I thinking? Maybe we should wait. Or did you just know for sure, like, this is what you were going to do and this is going to work out? Yeah, it was, it was honestly like a full body feeling. Like when I think back to it, the it was like my spirit was already in Texas. And then it was just had to have my body also move there. you know, And then all my stuff and my husband and my dog. <laughs> um, it was just like we just a calling or, you know, I, I just had to be home. And um, the other thing was, you know, so it's COVID. We just have these apocalyptic like fires. And then I was like, you know, things come in three please don't let there be an earthquake like on our way out of town. So at no point did I think it was a mistake, but I did just finally breathe a sigh of relief. Once we got across California and then into Arizona, I was like, you know what? I think the rest is going to be fine. Cause I was more worried about making our way out of Cali after all the horrible stories that we were seeing about people going up and down the highway on I-5 and the fires that they were seeing. And uh, it was, it was an intense time. And I'm glad so many of the people living there like made it through and are okay, you know, and um, now California has like the highest vaccination rates, low COVID rates. So it seems like it's still doing well, you know, and, and the fire season was manageable. They got rain. So a lot of good came, you know, this year, but yeah, last year was just like, please let's get, let us get home safely, survive whatever we can to just cross that finish line and then make it to Texas. But I can't help but think that this journey for you is a testament to who you are. Like even in our last episode, a lot of the word that really stood out to me was Lone Star. And it stood out because not just because Texas is a Lone Star state, but a lot of what you provided in the episode to talk about your journey and kind of really establishing and fighting for your individuality, whether it's in your community and your Mexican, Mexican American culture, whether it was outside of the community and work and trying to get into leadership, you were and are that lone star. What is that driving force for you? I mean, I know you talked about your mom and your family, but what is the driving force for you today? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, there's two things. One is I really like doing things my way uh, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be my way or the highway. It can be my way for the greatest good of all involved. Um, but, you know, I think it's really this passion to follow what brings me joy. And, um, and, and that's really what led me to keep going in all those jobs. You know, like I'm really fortunate that, you know, I am the person who, followed what they loved and ended up getting 
rewarded for it. Right. And at any time, like, I mean, the jobs that I've had have been so rough. They've been such boot camps, you know, and, but I loved every single moment of it. Right. And the insanity living life in that fast lane, like that's what sparked joy. And when all of a sudden COVID hits and the thing that also sparked joy, my family, I had no access to, I mean, we do virtually, right. But there's nothing like being with family, you know, throughout that entire my entire career, I had been going home every four months or so. Like I really didn't, four months was really the max, you know? So that meant all of our vacation time was, okay, we're going back to Texas. We're going back to Texas or family is coming to visit, right? More often we would go back to Texas, you know? And um, so that was how I, I kept going, right? Cause I need my family there. And then now it was like, oh, that other joy, cause it's not just about work, right? And it's not just about making artwork. It's also about family for me. And to not have that for, I mean, I can only last six months. I know other people have friends who, you know, took a year and a half before they, they're just recently seeing family. Um, but I think that's what it was for me. Like the, the motivation to get out of California and to see family again, was that like, that's my joy. That's my ultimate pure joy and love state, you know, is to be near family. And, um, you know, I'm like, I'm Beyonce to my niece, you know, she's three years old. She sees me and she goes wild. (laughs) And so to not, I mean, can you imagine, right? Like to not have that, you know, to not be near them was just like not acceptable. It was like, I've got to go, I got to get out of here. You know, I got to be near family. And I've been really fortunate to have both, you know, I still get to have my career and work remotely and then get to be around the family. Yeah, I think that's a huge blessing. And I say that because um, similar to you, my family, my original nuclear fa- nuclear family with my parents was the most important thing, like get together with the larger family and we're in the African community and it was important to be there. And when my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, when we met and got together, we moved to California, mm. but I always had that longing and even attempted to come back, but could never stay. And so in my head, I just translated that to, I needed to separate, but it's always been that deficit for me. You know, I, so I totally understand. So you were flying, you were in New York, flying back to Texas. You were in California, flying back to Texas on a pretty regular basis, right? Yeah. And then uh, we lived in Atlanta for five years, somewhere in that timeline. And so we would put the family, which are our two dogs, you know, and yeah. my husband uh-huh. in a car and drive down I-20, 12 hours and go back home to Dallas, you know, <laughs> frequently. Yeah. I, I know I-20 very well. And that is a long drive, <laughs> but good for you for knowing what you want. Now, earlier you mentioned something that I wanted to just touch on. You talked about when you were in California in the process of transitioning back to Texas, you said my body, my, my spirit was already there. I just needed to get my body and everything else. Tell me a little bit about that. And let's dive into that because The reason why I want to highlight that is because I don't think people recognize the power of what you can envision and create for Mm -hmm. yourself, even though it doesn't actually exist yet. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah. You know, honestly, I don't think I would have had the words to describe what was happening back in October of last year. And it was in this transition coming home to Texas, you know, honestly, it wasn't easy. I mean, I really did think like, 
problem solved. I'm home. Everybody, let's party. <laughs> and that's just not how it was. You know, like um, my mom and I didn't know, like, do we hug? Are we allowed to be together? Like, you know, she works in schools and, you know, it's Texas. So, you, yeah, you know, just the the policies were everywhere. She was scared of not only catching something, but then, you know, worst case scenario, giving it to me. Um, so there was a lot of awkward. And my brother has a little girl, you know, that's she's two. She's about to be three. Um, his wife works in a hospital. So how are we supposed to are we even really supposed to be together? Right. And then um, there's guilt involved in that. And then when um, soon after I arrived, it, my mom discovered she her aneurysm came back and she could die. And so not only could, are we all scared that, you know, our family is going to pass away because of COVID, any one of us, but then we had this added pressure of my mom was really getting ready for end of life, you know, getting all her papers together. And because I had just moved back and my brother has his family, you know, it was like, okay. And I am the oldest, but since I wasn't home for a while, my brother was kind of that main point of contact legally, but now everything transitioned to me. And it was working with my mom and dad on what does it look like if my mom's no longer with us. And as you can imagine, that was, that was incredibly difficult, you know, and I definitely, and it brings up all sorts of, you know, trying to resolve things from the past and, you know, and it was just, it was a lot, you know, so this move, this transition landing, you know, still, you know, work is happening, you know, my mom um, being worried about her, I just got to a place where I was like, I can't, I can't deal with all these emotions. And how, like, what, what methods do I have that can really help me through this? And for me, I think, and I, I, I wonder, like, uh, how many people also felt this way during COVID, like, that's when I turned to spirituality. And, you know, without getting too much into like dogma and different beliefs, because I know, you know, everybody has their own path, right? But that's really for me when I was like, okay, what are the things that I need that are my medicine and spiritual medicine, right? So the, and I, I had never thought of this concept before either, before this, it's like, all right, I personally, I need artwork, I need journaling, I need my family, I need physical exercise, you know? taking a lovely bath or just, you know, whatever the, the sense that you use, you know, like taking care of myself. What does that actually mean? Cause you know, we talk about self-care and I love shopping. <laughs> um, but like, is that, that can't be like your only, you know, antidote to stress. <laughs> so how do we get deeper and really start to understand what does it mean to feed your mind, body, spirit? And so I went on my own journey to figure that out. And that's when I really started to, to see where those disconnects were for me and start to heal some of the things that I hadn't really ever dealt with before. Um, and it's been a lovely transition to where we're at now, which is, you know, we're all vaccinated. Uh, my mom is still working. My mom survived the surgery and yes, yes. And, you know, recently my, uh, one of my cousins had a quinceanera, my aunt just retired, basically the family's been able to get back together. So it's like more medicine that I know what to do with now. Like I just, you know, at a point where it's like, okay, I, I understand what I need and I can go for it. Thankfully, there's not a lot restricting that from happening from us getting together and getting that medicine I need. 
Yeah, that's huge. I mean, spiritual medicine, and I've never thought of it like that either, because there are things that I know I have to do, especially in the morning time Mm -hmm. to help me start my day. And I think a lot of times professional women, they don't have the time or take the time to really think about what they need, that spiritual medicine. And when you described everything, what I hear is you're, you're describing those things that feed your spirit, that bring you joy, that lift you up. Even in the midst of what you were dealing with, with your mom and her aneurysm and COVID, there is still the underlying component of spirit medicine because you're there. C- can you imagine if you were in California and your mom is dealing with this? Like, what do you, where would your head be in all that if you were there and you couldn't get to Texas? Like knowing Anna, where would you be? It's so funny because I just wouldn't. There's no reality that like, yeah. would keep me from my mom. And, you know, like I think it was also funny because once I got here, she was like, you know, your dad and I were this close to driving to California and just picking you up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so one way or another, I was going to be in Texas, you know? <laughs> okay. just, especially if she needed me. Like there's just no yeah. way I would have been able to survive being away. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, so we've got all the celebrations going on. So that's some, like you said, extra doses of spirit medicine and professionally, how does that look for you? Are you still kind of on your same track? Do you see growth? Are you excited about a new project related to what you do? What's happening now? Yeah, that's been also such a a blessing to be on the team that I'm on. And, um, you know, I, was we were getting ready to move back to California because it's very public. Google has, you know, the, every time they have a policy update, you get articles written about it. Um, So I think the latest one, you know, headlines were Google's, you know, asking people to return to office in September, which has since changed, but this is where we were at that time. So this was over the summer and I had planned like, okay, I, I don't know, again, blind faith. We're just going to make this work. I'm going to keep my place because it was inexpensive enough I want to keep it in Texas. We're going to find like a studio apartment, something affordable in California. And we'll figure out how to be not exactly bi-coastal because Texas isn't on a coast or at least Dallas isn't. Uh, but, you know, come home as often as possible. We'll figure it out. Right. And we always have our home in Texas to come home to. And um, so we packed about half of our things and we had a uh, party planned that was like, it's not goodbye, but it's kind of goodbye for now party. And, um, so then that Thursday I had happened to have a meeting with my boss's boss and he was like, did I see an email that said you were going back to California? Why are you doing that? And I was like, cause there's no option for us to be remote at that time. He was like, Oh no, there's a policy coming. Like you can fill out to go remote full time. And I was like, and we would be fully supportive. And he was like, you know, I can't make it official right now, but you know, your boss, David, so my boss, David, and then Peter, my boss's boss, they were like, we're all going remote full time. And I was just like, so I can stay like, I don't have to go. And he was like, absolutely. Don't come back for work. He was like, I'm not coming back. Your boss is not coming back. Don't worry about it. And I was just like, okay, when do I tell my mom? Cause I, you know, she's the first person. <laughs> and, um, so that goodbye Texas party became, uh, we're staying in Texas party. And like, we had cut, like, it was supposed to be just like a, a few of us and like cousins came and another cousin made this beautiful buffet, you know, lovely food spread. And we just danced the night away, which is exactly, you know, what is typical for our family. 
How beautiful is that? And you know, this just this past week, I was getting my little refresher on the book, The Alchemist, and the talking mm-hmm. of the personal legend and how that famous line talks about when you want something, the world will, will conspire to give it to you. And we started this conversation and a lot of our conversation was around the importance of your family connecting and being with them and what that does for your spirit. And I can't help but think that the world was conspiring to allow you to stay with your family in Texas, because that is who you are. You live and breathe your family, which is a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful thing. So I'm just so happy for you, (laughs) happy for your mom, your family, everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, you know, of course, if, uh, my dad, my brother, I mean, you know, my, I could keep going and going yeah. and going. So yeah, it's not, but I just, uh, she happened to be the one that was there with me, uh, that I saw after work and just yeah. the smile just didn't go away. And then we were with her friends too, who are basically like our family and mm-hmm. they were smiling and it just felt so right, you know? Yeah. And I think the other, you know, you're talking about, um, that line and the other thing I've, uh, cause of course, you know, in this spiritual journey, I have been thinking about like manifestation. What does that really mean? What does it look like? And then, you know, even going back to like, what was the secret? Remember when that was like a hot thing, you know, so it was like, what are they trying to say? What are these other texts trying to t- teach us? And um, in my journey, I have found that I think a lot of times people forget two things. One is action. Like, it's not just like it appears like magic, you know? <laughs> You know, like uh, sometimes it does. I think, you know, spirit can work in many ways, but a lot of time you got to take some action. Right. And then the um, second thing that I'm finding is the healing. And so, um, you know, I I don't know exactly like, you know, one plus two equals three. Right. But um, I do think that if there's something you're trying to manifest and it's just not coming and you feel stuck, then looking at those underlying beliefs of why, right? And what is it? And then if you have those negative beliefs, what is fueling that negative belief and what needs to be healed to clear that path to allow that manifestation to happen the way you want it to happen? And um, that was also a huge part of this journey. Because as we talked about last time, you know, I, 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 I hesitate, like, I don't want to give people the impression that I I only lived a charmed life and have no problems, never had had them, you know, (laughs) Um, because there's a lot to this, right? And um, a huge portion of this journey has been about how do I come from a place of love and respect for myself as well, not just for others, but also like there was a lot that I wasn't doing for myself. And how do I change that? Yeah, that, that is good stuff. Growth is always a beautiful thing. And, you know, even when you think you have no more room for growth, there's always room to grow and discover more things about yourself, you know? Um, So I I definitely love that. Um, And that idea of manifestation and what's necessary and required to cultivate that. Mm -hmm. Um, You talked about action. And when you said action, I mean, that is, I'm, that is my thing. When I talk to women, I'm like, you can't just kind of think it's going to appear like pie and it's going to be pie in the sky and it just appears. You do have to be intentional and set your course of action. How is it supposed to look? What is it going to look like? Kind of like when you decided you were getting back to Texas, I'm sure you and your husband didn't just sit there and twiddle your thumbs like, yeah, we're going to get back. I'm not sure how, but it's going to happen. I'm sure there was some action you had to take in that process. 
to kind of move you along there, right? Um, but I, it, it's it's so good to hear. Now, do you? How do you do you bring this into your friendship space, your workspace? Do you, how are you able to kind of convey this type of messaging? Because I feel like professional women, especially, need to really hear this. How do you ever do that? And if so, how do you do it? Yes. Yeah. I try. I try not to just give out advice <laughs> unsolicited. I try and really listen to people first and see if they're ready. You know, and on, on, honestly, I ask them as well, like, hey, can I kind of hearing you say a few things? Or, are you open to some feedback, you know, or um, are you just open to me sharing a little bit, you know, or just so that they understand that I'm not criticizing them. I'm not, don't talk that way. You know what I mean? Like no one wants to hear someone just immediately tell them to change, right? Something that they're doing. Um, so I do take every opportunity and, and honestly, it's not just, um, you know, women, it's really anybody that I come in contact with. And so as much as I can serve as that person, if they want to listen, cause that's the other thing, if you don't want to listen, which is fine, right? Like, you know, I just continue to let you do the thing that you're going to do. Cause that's where you're at right now. Um, but yeah, I listen to them first and then see, and, of course, it's funny. I'm like, oh, I love the people who, when they do listen, but it is great you know, <laughs> to see the light bulbs go off. And, I'm, you know, and that's another thing that I think, you know, you talk about pie. What's funny is what that sparks in my mind is I think um, the other thing that I try and teach, and, and unfortunately, this is mostly for women, is that, you know, um, I definitely believe that we can grow the pie. My success is not dependent on someone else not doing well, right? Like my success is actually, I feel even greater if I can grow and make some room for you too, right? Or just help you to, you know, grow in your own area. You have a whole new pie, you know, like, and I think that's what people need to understand at first, because I, I might be a little ambitious. I might be a little aggressive, I think is what I've been told it's come across, but it's for my own self, right? I want to be just as aggressive on your growth. And if you're open to it, I can totally help you do the same thing. Right. And so, um, I've, I've been really fortunate. I work with a, a large team. And so, you know, in our, on our one-on-ones, like helping them grow, if people reach out, I think also, word is out that I'm happy to help. And so, you know, I get people emailing me like, Hey, so-and-so told me to connect with you. And that's why on my LinkedIn, it says, I think it says like, let's connect or let's talk. Right. It's like anybody who wants to reach out. So it's not a formal like mentorship process. And honestly, I used to beat myself up about that. You know, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And my husband kind of, you know, not really shook me, but you know, just was like, do you realize you change people's lives? And I was like, no, I, but it's not in a, it's not in like a nonprofit. It's not in this like box that says, this is how you're supposed to help. And he was like, you don't need a box. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. You know, I do. I just, as people need it and they reach out or I find them, I come across them. And if they're open, then I'm like, well, here's what I'm hearing, you know, and here's what I've learned. And let me share that with you and help you out. Awesome. 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 I, I just love it. Um, every time we talk, I just 
always get good vibes, good energy. I feel excited. Um, so I, I'm so happy you came back and joined us today. Anything change on connecting with you on social media or does is it all the same? Where are you? Yep, it's all the same. Uh, funny you say where I, I went, I think it was over the summer just recently, uh, went on TikTok. It was like, let me try. Let me wow. try TikTok. And, um, you know, it's going all right. Like, <laughs> I just I can't, something about it. I just can't turn the camera on myself. I never really, like, I love presenting and sharing. Yeah. But I don't necessarily, it's this weird balance of like, yeah. I don't need to have the camera on myself all the time. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of have paused there, but sure. I would love to see your TikToks, anybody's TikToks, <laughs> you know, per usual, like would love to continue to stay connected with people on any social network that they love. Yeah, that's awesome. And just for the record, I have a TikTok account. I, I try it here and there, but I, I just like, I can't get with it. I don't know what it, I can do reels all day long, but yeah. it's the TikTok, yeah, like I don't want to dance. I don't want to, you know, create funnies. I, I don't know. I haven't found my, my, my space in TikTok just yet. I'm not giving up though. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Cause it's here. And it's, it's here. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much, Anna, for joining us. Glad to hear from you. For those of you who want to hear Anna's original episode, it's season three. And I believe it is, let me check my notes. It's episode 25 in season three of the podcast. And you just go to disruptingbalance.fireside.fm and you can click for um, episode 25 and you'll be able to hear Anna's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I truly, truly appreciate you and know that I am working to build a community of balance disruptors. Those are women who are working to find harmony in the imbalance of work well-being and the in-between. And if you're interested in joining, go to www.disruptingbalance.com and you'll get occasional emails and messages around health, harmony, and mindset to get you through the imbalance of your day. You can also follow me on social media at Disrupting Balance on all platforms. Or if there is a particular topic you want to hear on the podcast, shoot me a message at info at disruptingbalance.com. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It truly helps us to grow and move forward and disrupt balance. Talk soon.